Welcome to Is This Scary? This is Zach. This is Phil. This is Shelby. Today we are talking about the fly. Hey, what's that? <laughs> the Fly by David Cronenberg. That was released one month after I was born. <laughs> Do the math. <laughs> no, it was released in August 86. So there you go. Now you all know how old I am. Yes. Oh, no. I'm ruined. Yes. We were sitting. You will uh, never recover. <laughs> Just like Goldblum. <laughs> this was a request by one of our friends. And this was a film that we all had seen like before. But it had been a very long time since we watched it. So it, we definitely needed a refresher because there was a lot that I forgot about. Yeah. It was it was like a decade for me. Mm-hmm. So if it's not a little bit longer. been a long time for me. It's been a while. <laughs> um, since we've had copyright claims. Yeah. yeah. Well, this one's interesting because as we were just talking about... This is a well-renowned movie. Yeah. It came early in Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis's careers. Helped both of them have very successful Hollywood careers. Yeah. This was not early in David Cronenberg's career. No. He's he was an established figure by this point. Yeah. Which is how he got a Fox Studios picture. Yeah. You don't yeah. they don't give that to the new guy. No, and I mean they went to him multiple times for this. They were like, "Can you do this?" I can't because of Total Recall. And then they were like, can you do it? Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because they only gave him $9 million. Like, we really want you to do this. Can you do it on the cheap? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yup. I understand. The budget on movies always gets me sometimes. I understand, uh, like, how much it, it takes to make make that but every time I hear something like that I always think of uh, like Trump's oh I'm a self-made man with a small loan of a million dollars I know it's weird to say be like well the budget for the film and we're talking the shooting budget the total budget is estimated somewhere around 15 but we have it's documented that the shooting budget was nine point not much more million dollars Mm -hmm. and that sounds like a ton of money and it is it's a lot of money yeah but when you're making a Hollywood movie it's It's not not even in the 80s it wasn't right but they made 60.5 million dollars they he did it yeah and especially the metric that was looked at was all right we're gonna try to make this cheap because it's gonna be an R-rated horror movie and we have the potential to not make much money for an R-rated horror movie making 60 million dollars is making 400 million dollars if it's a blockbuster like yeah. it's it was a smash hit and and because <laughs> horror is so niche when you have a horror movie and it's it's able to be successful win academy awards yes it's and also promote two great actor or you got actors and actresses going forward that's great for the community yeah absolutely and some people consider that well this is Cronenberg's most financially successful film. Mm-hmm. Some people consider it Jeff Goldblum's best performance because yeah. he yeah. was in so much makeup. Yeah. As Shelby said, this is Cronenberg's only Oscar because the film won for best makeup, which it deserves it. If you haven't seen this, the practical and makeup effects on this are oozy 
and gross Tasty. and amazing. Yes. They're off-putting. Yeah. <laughs> it works so well. This is definitely a movie where it just it gives you the EBGVs, which makes sense because it's the fly. Insects automatically make you feel gross. And Flies are gross. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Insects automatically make you feel nasty. You have a wasp or you have a fly on your arm, you're going to smack your arm. You don't want them just flying all over you. Especially if they're flying in your food and crap like that. Right. Well, because we all know about fly. You know, they they like to eat trash and they throw up on their food before they eat. Exactly. Great. Get away from me. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to know if Jeff Copeland put it in his contract when he did this movie. Did he agree with no scenes where he had to... Because obviously he's transforming and he's acting more like the fly. Did he put it in his contract? I have to have no scenes with poop. Because <laughs> they didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. they did. I was like, oh, they didn't do the thing. <laughs> but that's that's fine. I mean, it was gross enough. He did quite a few vomit scenes. Yeah, yeah. he and did. He went for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just like. It, Especially with, especially as you see Jeff Goldblum right now, it doesn't seem like he would be that person to do that, but he, he's obviously done it. Obviously is. Yeah, he obviously is. He doesn't really care. I don't yeah. know. It's just, to, especially today, he just doesn't seem like he would be the person to do that, but he he, he did it, and I don't, he did was successful with it, so Absolutely. whatever. This is a remake of the 19, it's 58, 59 film. Mm-hmm. 58, because it was based off of a short story. All of this, all of the versions of this, this is one of the few times it actually happened. It's the short story, The Fly, written by John, I'm, or George, I'm going to butcher this, Lagellan? Lang, Langellan? Okay. I don't know. And then made into a 1958 movie starring Vincent Price called The Fly. Woo! Remade into a movie in 1986 called right. The Fly. Yeah. So for once, the followed, name actually stuck all the way through. Followed by a sequel called The Fly Two. We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I watched some scenes uh, from the the original Fly, and I was just like, this is like completely different. But it still has some like graphic, like I guess like ooh, like elements to it. Um, especially like the ending and everything like that. So it still has like the same at- tropes to it. It's a love story, but not quite. It's got like the the body horror, but it's completely different. It's not like gross in a way. Well, that it no, is now. all they did was they swapped one arm and the head. Yeah. It was also 1958. Yeah. So I think they did about what they could have for a yeah. 1950s oh, horror ab- film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we have like the conclusion, which is completely different, which is oh, yeah. it's just fine. Um, but this this film definitely has it's it's got the juice. I don't think I've seen the original like 1958s. It's okay. It's not a great horror movie. I mean, the best parts of the movie are Vincent Price chews on his scenes, but that's just what he does. He's the man. <laughs> He's the man. And it's. It's a Scream Queen kind of movie, too. Yes. Because it has multiple of just the eh, scenes in it. Yeah, because you get the leading lady who's just screaming at the camera. She's the focal point yeah. of the screen. And she's got the old school shrill screams that nobody yeah. wants to listen to. Yeah. Fair enough. So that one's, yeah, it's a it's a monster movie. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, it's, the hook is different because mm-hmm. it has a sci-fi hook, but... Overall, it turns into a pretty by-the-numbers yeah. movie. It's not that special. Yeah. Somebody at Fox 
loved it as a kid, and that's how we ended up getting this. Mm-hmm. Either that or somebody was a big Cronenberg fan mm-hmm. and figured I'd be like, this will work. Dave does this kind of stuff. He'd probably be into this. And obviously, saved it. That was perfect. Yeah. Um, that and you could tell that Cronenberg had recently read some Kafka. <laughs> yeah. Because there's this movie's very obviously inspired by Metamorphosis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One of the few books that I read in school that I didn't absolutely hate. But I mean, when we go to this this film, it is. It's not what you expect, because it's just, you have this great score done by Howard Shore, (laughs) and then it's just got this almost like operatic, like romantic tragedy story to it, to the point where you feel so bad for Jeff Goldblum's character, Seth Brundle, and it's just like... Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, because he... At the same time, he's also looking nasty. <laughs> well, he made some mistakes. Yeah. And you know the character that he ends up as is not who he really is. Oh, yeah. it's very That's, that's obvious. I was about to say, yeah, he made some mistakes along the way. He sure did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every scientist does. We can't have a... Um, it's not even, like, not quite like a mad scientist. At maybe one point becomes like a mad scientist. But it, either the way, I'm like, you gotta make a mistake. I mean, I, I would define him as a mad scientist, especially later in the movie. Oh, yeah. As he's absolutely. trying to throw any woman that's around him into the machine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this is fun. Okay. So the lead makeup guy, mm-hmm. we actually covered him not too long ago. Chris Wallace is back oh, from Gremlins. Nice. <laughs> I think he did, uh, what else did he do? E.T. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I was getting the E.T. vibes. And, Lumpy. And, and arachnophobia. <sighs> yep. That movie made me uh, really not like spiders as a kid. That is- That's fair. The oh. spiders were not for me. So not only... We'll see the head makeup guy for the fly too. Yeah, he was the director. Ooh. <laughs> Oops. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Having the makeup and the the effects guy do the directing can either make it or break it. It was. I'm gonna say it probably broke it and broke it. Well, yeah. the second one is interesting because oh, all in all, it's not a great movie, but it has more makeup effects in it. It's gorier. It's more over the top. Makes sense. But it doesn't have that underlying... It doesn't have the story. The script we got, the initial draft was written by uh, this guy named Charles Edward Pogue. And that's the script that got sent to Cronenberg. And then Cronenberg threw a bunch of his ideas with his, again, the obvious inspiration for Metamorphosis in there. Mm -hmm. And the part that I like about, that I really liked when I was looking this up was the fact that Cronenberg made sure that Pogue got the co-writing credit with him. Yeah. Because he literally said, he'd be like, no, if I hadn't read that man's script, I wouldn't have written what I wrote. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. That's respect. Yeah, that's respectable. That means he's a decent guy. Yeah. So, like we we covered uh, the... uh, Effects art, uh, the effect artists before the uh, costume and everything. Something else about this movie that we've talked in length about is it's a Canadian film for a good chunk of it. Well, yeah. 
Cronenberg's from Canada. We can't <laughs> stay away from Canada. <laughs> but it's fine. I feel like we haven't talked about a Canadian film in a while. It's been a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess we can go into like the, the quick synopsis. Do we want to do spoilers or no? I mean, it was, it's 1986. Yeah, it's... Okay, uh, going from here out, we'll spoil... Yeah, it's a, it's just a 36-year-old movie. If yeah. you haven't seen it yet, yeah. okay? We don't need to go into too many, too many details don't. in here, but we have Seth Brundle. He's at a party at... No, he's not at a party. They he's, have a champagne. <laughs> well, but it's a... It's like a scientific convention. Con- conv- yes. Okay. That's exactly what okay. it is. It's a meet. It's a, it's a meet and greet with a. Uh, Got it. With it's the press event. Press. Yeah. It. That's what. It's the meet the press event for a convention. Yeah. It's so I guess it's a party, but it's not. Everyone. Yeah. They they're drinking champagne, so that's well, the party part aspect. Of I get, it. No, everybody's trying to get an article written. Yeah. Or a book written. Yeah. Be like, pay attention to me. I'm an important scientist. Yeah. That's what all of these guys are out there trying to schmooze. Mm-hmm. And Seth does it as well as he physically can with Veronica. Yep. Yes. And somehow, with all of the creepiness that he gives off... Yeah, he's... Red flags. He's Captain Red Flag. Yeah, he makes... <laughs> he goes back to his house with him. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, Studio, the... apartment, slash also laboratory. And... Abandoned warehouse. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and also like, well, you've been here for a little bit. I'm gonna have to kill you. Literally said like, yeah, like no, what? Immediately walks in, runs up, starts playing piano, and she's like, "Well, what? Well, what am I here to see?" And, she's, and he's just, "You already saw it. Right. And if you to. and if you leave, I'll, I'll have, have to, to kill you." Like, well, and the worst part about it is, the line that gets her to go back with him is just the most cheeseball line ever, because she's like. Okay, I can't talk to you anymore. I have to go talk to these other three guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, but my invention's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all said the same thing. But they're Yeah, lying. but there's a difference. They're lying. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> That's the line that gets her to jump in a cab <laughs> with the stranger is, no, really, I'm going to change the world for realsies. <laughs> I think maybe she was also just focusing on, oh, he can make mean cappuccino because he's got a cappuccino oh, yeah. machine. <laughs> but other he's than a, that... Yeah, I have, uh, I have a restaurant quality cappuccino machine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which we never saw. Yeah. No. We, that yeah. is that is the most Prove hurtful it. part about this movie. Yeah. I like cappuccinos. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the machine? Yeah. So he's got like three plus pods. I think he's, he's got, got three. Yeah. Yeah. And... Two mainly that he's using, and they kind of look like almost like beehives, really, just the externally kind mm, kinda. of. Um, and he asks her for something that's hers. She take awkwardly takes off her stocking. I was like, is she gonna give her her panties? Like, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, Ronnie? Stop. Because we can't have weird horror movies without some foot thing going on. Yep. So gives her her um. <laughs> Her uh, her tight, he puts it in the pod, and it gets teleported to the other pod. It's, like, only, like, 15 feet away. And at first, like, she quickly, she's like, okay, this guy's being stupid, and then teleportation. What? And then sees the, the other pod open, and it's... 
It's her actual stocking. It's your stocking, completely fine. So she's like, I'm in a completely, like, interview mode. Yeah. See, being a journalist, this part made me cringe. And I was like, oh, journalism ethics, no. Because as soon as she takes out... She doesn't ask him. She doesn't ask him. And as soon as he said, he has to tell her multiple times, do not record this, do not print this. And she still records it. I was like, this is journalism in movies, one-on-one, which I actually had to do a paper on. They don't listen. They don't care. Well, and in real life, they're here she to get the story. Well, yeah. and in real life, she would have been shut down. Right. Because that's what would have. He said no. Now you have to leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So she goes back to her editor, which is her ex-boyfriend, who has the least human name of a character I've ever heard. Hold on. Stathis. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what? You old staffy boy? Yeah. Stathis. Stathis. Yeah. Staffy well, no, what's boy. Because it's sorry. the first and last. Hold on. Borens. St- yeah. Stathis Borens. That's what people are called. All right, Dave. All right, David Cronenberg. <laughs> Staff for short. We'll just call him Staff. Oh, that's going to get mixed up. Staff and Seth. Ooh. Ye old Staffy <laughs> boy. Tongue twister. So you have an infection? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah. So Staff is, he is. Gross. He's, yeah, he's just an a-hole. Like, he's really jerky. Like, she wants nothing. She wants to work. Like, she wants to do her job. When are we going out for lunch? Can I come over to your apartment? That's it's like no. She's trying to work. Well, and he's sitting there going, and we're not over. I know you still want me, and she, he's, I have a key to your apartment. While also sitting there saying, "Oh, Seth's invention? Yeah, it's just a magic trick. Yeah, you got bamboozled. Mm-hmm. He's he's hoodwinked you. He's yeah. messing with you. Yeah, which is a fantastic way to get the woman of your dreams back. Mm-hmm. You know that thing that you're working on." You're stupid for working on it. Now come, ravish me. You just called me stupid. Exactly. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but then quickly, Seth shows up. But the alphas told me this plan would work. <laughs> exactly. So Seth has an idea that she he knows that she's a believer now. So they kind of like start working together. You record We'll release the story. You can do all the evidence right. you want. You can do all the uh, research that you want about who's backing it, which we never see anything about who's backing. We it. don't. He tells us it's yeah. some. It's some big company. Yeah, that's all we learn. I thought it was very interesting. That does. I not mean, you really play don't get the name of it, it at all. You don't it, even it's because it. it's, it's just not important. Bit, yeah. Yeah. Well, and the interesting part is, and he's like. And you can hang out as much as you want. Yeah. I don't have a life, so there's nothing for you to interrupt. Right. Red flag. No stop. Right. <laughs> and I mean, very quickly, like, they just, like, they start having sex, and it's just like, why? <laughs> He's back, very weird. Back back to ethics and journalism. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if you're supposed to sleep with it's your, really uh... And so, conflict, conflict. during this first part... It's hinted at, because we don't... There are no solid time frames in this movie, by the way. Yeah. But time passes. Yeah. And it's likely a month or so. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, I've been... I have teleported the most complicated and non-living thing that I can think of. And it's like, okay, so what's next? Let's send a monkey. Yeah. So he gets a baboon, and he sends it through... 
Turns and inside. It's inside out. Yep, inside it's out. Very juicy. Yeah, very mm. juicy. And he feels and horrible about it, which he should. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? Do you know what the best way to get yourself to stop feeling horrible? Have sex with uh, your uh, person interviewing. Yes. <laughs> Have sex with a reporter lady. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, okay, so he's upset. They continue working. So he's like, okay, start smaller. And. She buys some steaks. Yeah, so yeah. let's start with the steak. It tastes weird, so... It tastes... Because she... Because she, uh... When they're doing the whole deed, she specifically st- starts talking about the meat and all that kind of stuff. And that's when it dawns on him that this machine isn't specifying for flesh mm-hmm. as what? it is for yeah. items. Because the machine doesn't understand flesh. So he yeah. has to describe it in more detail to it. Because the first time they do it... He cooks a steak, mm-hmm. and he takes the other half of the steak and sends it through the machine raw, and then he cooks it, uh-huh. and he has her taste both of them. She's like, well, neither of them are cooked very well, but yeah, this one's a steak, and it tastes fine, and this one tastes synthetic. Yeah. And then they have that whole thing where she does the beautiful mind thing for him and unlocks that thing that he needed, yeah. and then he reprograms the machine. And instead of going to steak, he does the monkey again. Yeah. He goes straight back. Yeah. Another baboon. I think it's literally the baboon's brother or something like that. Well, we got to end the whole line. Yeah. And, well, and the baboon comes back, no problems. Right. Chills. And the, he's ready to, to celebrate. And she's like, I got to leave. <laughs> Before that happens, though, important plot point. Uh-huh. A package arrives... From Stathis. Yep. And they both see it. Yep. But she walks off into the corner and opens it, and Stathis is threatening to release an entire issue of his magazine about uh, uh-huh. Rundle. Yeah. Without her say so. Yeah. And without her byline. Like, yeah. he's just going to steal the story. Yeah. And by the way, is that also illegal? Absolutely. He could get trouble as an editor, um, especially if she proves that she did the work for it. So, yes, he could get in trouble for that. And so she storms out to go yell at him. Mm -hmm. And And Seth, who has no social skills, is immediately... He goes straight to, not that she's cheating on me. Mm -hmm. This guy is so socially disconnected. It's, she's left me. Mm -hmm. She went back to her ex. So he does what every crazy scientist done does when they feel like they've been dumped. You get drunk, you get naked, and you jump in your telepod. Right? <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> Which, by the way, I it may have been a little confusing how we spoke about this. The second test for the monkey with the monkey happens, then this package situation happens. Yeah. Immediately they, afterwards. Yes, because they were supposed to celebrate. Yeah. And she leaves, which is why drunk, naked, yeah. teleporter. Yes. And it's somewhat successful. Incorrect. It is completely successful. It's completely successful. Depending yes. on your definition of completely. Exactly. Um, so as we, the character, or the, the, audience. the audience, sees that there is a fly in there, and... Which... Well... We've noticed how observant Brundle is up to this point. Mm-hmm. I think Seth would have seen the fly if he was yeah, sober. Yeah, it almost, at one point, it almost looks like he's making eye contact with the fly, and it's like... Hello, but at the same time, I don't think he would know. Like it's just like 
is that going to do anything? Because then he has to later go into the computer and figure out what went wrong. Oh, it was fusion. It's like, yeah. oh. Yeah, it, it gets bad. I dang effed up. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So he comes out feeling like a million bucks. Mm-hmm. He is... His senses are heightened. He's stronger. He's faster. He's all of a sudden an Olympic level gymnast. Yeah, and his sexual stamina is like on a like a hundred and fifty percent. It's Zeus level. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Until he starts growing these weird coarse hairs on his back. Yeah, and also he she notices things relatively. I mean, he's doing like backflips in the apartment, and she's noticing that his attitude is changing as well. Well, yeah, he's becoming more... The way it's described from Cronenberg is he's becoming more primal, more animalistic. Yeah. And he is treating her like Stathis used to treat her, like an object, a sexual object. And that's what Seth is now doing. Yeah. Oh, you're such a drag. It's like you just made love for hours. It's like, she's done. She's tired. (laughs) That's not why she's a drag. She's a drag because she won't jump into the plasma pool right. wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. She's a drag because she won't let him teleport her. Yeah. I'm good. I don't want to be teleported today. <laughs> <Loser>. <laughs> well, yeah, because she realizes that she's looking at him something went wrong. Yeah. You were completely different since you teleported. Yeah. And you look bad. You smell bad. Mm-hmm. Things are going, are just off. Everything is changing about you. Yeah. It didn't purify you. Yeah. It did something else. And then he goes out to a, to a dive bar. Arm wrestles a guy, breaking his, the guy's arm. Compound fracture breaking yeah. his yeah. arm, by the way. Oh, like, yeah. And then promptly taking a girl back to his The place. guy's girlfriend, who he just kind of kidnaps and takes to his abandoned warehouse. I love there, there's a, like, a moment where he's like, I'm not a, I'm not a hooker or I'm not a prostitute. And he's like, okay. okay. And I'm like, I kind of had the same look on my face too. I was like, are you sure? Are you sure about no, that? No, no, no. She was big boy's boyfriend okay. or girlfriend. <laughs> big boy's boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. We don't know how they identify. Yeah. You're right. But no, it was, she was obviously in a relationship with that guy because mm-hmm. the stakes of the arm wrestling contest, which she got really mad about. She's like, if I want to get to take her home, she's like, I'm standing right here. Hello? <laughs> Rude. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... And luckily Veronica comes back the next morning because if Veronica hadn't come back, I have a feeling he would have just stripped her naked and chucked her in the telepod. Right. I'm like, <laughs> like of course he teleported Man himself crimes. again to kind of like show off to the new girl and then yeah. he's like, okay, now she'll have sex with me. And, and then they have sex all night and yeah. they go to sleep. Uh-huh. But yeah, in the morning he's like, it's your turn. <laughs> no, I'm going to go like, home no, now. I'm good. And Veronica kind of she just literally stops it. She's like, no. She's like, be afraid. Be very afraid. And it's like, uh-oh. Yeah. And, yeah. So, Veronica gets kicked out again. Again. <laughs> and I think, a, like, a good month passes. Yeah. Several weeks. And then we get one of the famous speeches where it's like, not even Brundle anymore. I'm more like... Because he does all the research, figures out with his mm-hmm. computer that, yes, 
he's not really Seth Brundle anymore mm -hmm. because Seth Brundle and a housefly went through the teleporter together and he came out. Yeah. So really... He's Brundlefly. He is indeed Brundlefly. But one of the more interesting things, because I was looking at this and reading a lot of fan theory on this, and one that I really, really like... So right after the drunk Seth goes into the pod and the pod is initiated, mm -hmm. Seth Brundle dies. Yes. Yeah. He's dead. And Brundlefly is who we follow for the rest of the film. Yeah. Because... Seth Brundle, as weird and misguided as he was, was a decent human being, because mm -hmm. the person that comes out of that other pod is not. Yeah. And that was one that I liked, because that's also one of the leading theories of actual teleportation. And it comes from Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And how the transport in Star Trek says it works because when you read the technical man the technical manuals and stuff a person is is digitized stored in a buffer and a copy is sent where they're going and the buffer eventually gets erased so technically when you're watching star trek and you watch the crew beam places they all die and are reborn every single time <laughs> that's where all the red shirts are going it's not even just red shirts it's everybody it's everybody that's not morbid i know it's very interesting yeah. when you look think about it you because really break it down it makes dr mccoy's fear of the transporter super rational it's like no i don't want to die Bones, you're not going to die. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm. If you push that button, I will literally die. There may be a new me over there later, but I'm dead. And I have a feeling that's how his teleportation works. Because that's probably, like, the stocking that shows up at the beginning of the film is probably a brand new stocking. Right. It might have all the same defects and the same amount of wear, but it's a different item. Right. Because you can't put a physical item through... Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. I get through an electrical... Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'm I'm actually thinking, like... That feels... the This whole concept feels very much like the... Uh, what is it? The boat paradox? The... So, if... It, the boat paradox is if, if you have a boat... And every day you, replete, you replace one part of that boat... And... But you keep all of those parts. So once you've replaced that boat completely, you and then you take all the other parts and build, re, uh, and build a boat out of those. Which boat is the original boat? It doesn't matter because you have two functional boats. Yeah, in theory, that's the answer. But <laughs> the concept of which one's the original is is the uh, paradox. I guess, but there's no paradox with the. No, because the other one's of teleportation. Dead. Yeah, the other one gets destroyed. Yeah. The original is destroyed every single time you initiate yeah. the process. Yeah. And I like that theory for this movie. Mm. And so, like we said, about a month passes. Mm -hmm. And he calls up and he goes, you were right. There's something wrong. I think I'm dying. Can you please come see me before I die? Yeah, because he's at this point, he's like, well, obviously we have seen a more, like, as he's changing more, he still looks like 
Seth, but he's obviously like deteriorating from the outside or the inside out. He looks like he has some severe cancer. Yes. He really does. Like he's using losing his he fingernails. He looks like he has a lot of prosthetics. Oh yeah, he's he's losing his fingernails <laughs> at, at, at mm. first point and then So juicy. Yeah, just very mm. pus filled. And then I mean, <laughs> mm. he's got like pustules all over his face like His hair's falling out. Yeah, and then once he's he, his ear falls yeah. off. Well, yeah, yeah. He starts collecting pieces of himself. <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I okay. got age. Yeah. Sorry. So when she shows up, he's using a walker. Mm-hmm. He looks about 80 years old, and he's guessing he's got a week left to live. Yeah. He, I mean, he can't control the vomiting. and like, Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he can't, like, eat solid foods anymore. He's eating like a fly. Because yeah. he's got his acidic spit up that he's... Yeah, he, oh, it's so gross. He yeah. does it into a box of donuts and then eats it. Like we said, Goldblum goes for it yeah. hard. He is all over yeah. this role. <laughs> and like she, like she's. I feel bad. Like obviously, that's what you're supposed to do. You feel bad for her because she cares for this person. She cares, or she. But at the same time, she's like, "What do I do?" Like she's grossed out. She's like. Like you, you stink. You, you're like, like, what do I do? Like she, she just. Well, yeah. I mean. And her only, her only, I guess, outlet would be, Stathis. Like, let me take a video of Stathis or stay uh, Seth and show it to Stathis and be like, you believe me now? Like, what the heck do we do? Yeah. And Stathis is immediate. Right. Well, you should just let him die. <laughs> Thanks. He's still the antagonist at this point. But mm. then, I mean, he's... Seth is still deteriorating. Yeah. Until I he's not. And, yeah, I, and then she finds out that she is expecting Seth's child. <laughs> she has a very vivid dream about giving birth to a larva. Yeah. That's not a dream. That's a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, well, what? And I was like, makes sense. I mean, you got the paranoia. And, and that also, like, because everybody kind of, um, there's critics out there that made the, fo- like, as we mentioned before, the whole point about, like, AIDS and stuff like that. It's kind of like the paranoia that was also around, like, the whole AIDS crisis, too. Yeah. Like, it's like, you can't even touch people or right. you're going to get AIDS. And same thing. It's like... What is the inside me? Like, well, yeah, because I mean, having a nightmare that you've birthed a baby sized maggot, right? It's just like, what? And I'm like, some of the like, because there's a lot of deleted scenes as well. She even has like, um, dreams of like a baby that's got like wings and stuff like that. It's just like, yeah, they tried actually, Cronenberg actually tried to shoot more positive endings as opposed Mm -hmm. to the bleak thing that we end up with. Audiences didn't like it. They're like, this, how does this story, this story doesn't get a happy ending. Yeah. Like, and I agree with the test audiences on this one. It, this, yeah. no, this, this is, if anything, it's a cautionary tale. Mm-hmm. But. Yep. Yeah, so. Stathis knows some doctor who does abortions legally. 
but he also does some not-so-legal abortions. So I can call him up in the middle of the night, and he'll do a midnight abortion for you, no right. problem. We just got to pay him a little extra. I'm right. like, what is happening right yeah. now? This is disgusting. Yeah. And then he, and it's, yeah, because even though he's kind of like, this is when Stathis is starting to make the shift to, like... But he does it in the most awful way. I know. Way. He's, he's still, still a dirt jerk. Bag. Yeah, he's still a jerk. He's making these one-liners. Like, he's oh, still man. just, like, he's probably in his head. He's like, yes, and then she'll be mine. But, yeah. And she goes back to Seth, and he's, like, in, like... He only has moments before, like, full transformation. Like, he is un recognizable. He has like no teeth. His voice is now starting to not be recognized. Um, and he can, he's crawling on the wall like a fly. Yeah. Mm. Like his abilities are, I, I was just waiting for the moment where, where's his wings at? <laughs> the whole time. I was like, I'm just waiting for like wings to just sprout out of his back. Not in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> I would look real cringy too. I could just imagine like these weird wings. I'm sure they tried. I'm sure <laughs> yeah, they probably did. <laughs> but it's, it's fine. So she she goes to him and she's trying to tell him like I'm pregnant but she just can't get it out because she just can't stand she's like feels horrible and he's just like go away and never come back like it's just like kind of like again like a cancer patient that's on that knows it's it's about to die oh okay so Seth finds out so that conversation we said happened mm-hmm. between Ronnie and Stathis happens over the phone because she calls Stathis from Seth's apartment. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Seth overhears and follows them and breaks in. Yeah. This it, this this scene was very interesting because it was I so so Seth breaks into the glass wall. And I thought that was a very interesting thing that they've kind of focused on it for a split second when Stathis um runs to the hole in the wall because Seth has taken her out and is like, I will yeah, rescue you. Yeah, he's yeah. abducting her. I'm saving and my he, baby. Yes. And Stathis cuts himself on the glass. And the first thing I caught, he's going to become the fly now. He is now one with the fly DNA. And that was, it never, and nothing ever came with it. Well, but that's it. not how it works. I know, but mm-hmm. that was just automatically went in my head because I was is like, Is he aware fly now? Maybe. <laughs> we don't we don't know how it's going to react. Right. I mean, that's... so that was like the weird thought that kind of went in my head. And I was, and then very quickly, I, w- I literally said when I was watching, well, that theory went away. <laughs> and so now we get into the climax. Yep. And Brunglefly is completely insane at this point. Yep. And has this big monologue of how we're going to be the closest family ever. Yeah. Because you have my child inside of you. And that is the last shreds of my humanity. So I have to put... We are going to get into the telepods. And we're going to use my prototype telepod. And all three of us are going to fuse. And we're going to be the closest family unit yeah. ever. All three of us living in one body yeah. together forever. Yeah, I mean, and she's just like... Oh, no. No. Yeah, like, she's refusing. Like, she, it, and it's weird because mm. it's like when you really deep down, he just wants to be human again. And yeah, he, his... He's he, trying to dilute the fly DNA. Yeah, he wants to be... Him, he's like... I don't, I'm not even me anymore. Like he'll, what he says. And it's like, again, it kind of hugs that line with ew, but then also, oh, so then you <laughs> kind of go back and forth with that 
all the time. But again, he's crazy. He is, but I liked the way that Cronin, because again, the stuff I read, it was described that by that point, you could kind of look at him as a creature of thirds. So he is one third the flies you know, animal or instincts and drives and everything. One third rational human mind Mm -hmm. and one third all of the humans. Yeah. Animal drives and instincts and everything else. And so at that point from Cronenberg's scientific perspective, he is two thirds animal to one third rationality. So rationality is being erased. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a, enough of a yeah. handhold anymore, so he is just becoming a creature of instincts. Yeah, and you can see that with Jeff Goldblum's um, performance because he does, he shakes his head a lot. So it's doing where, it's almost like he has, it's like an etch-a-sketch. Etch it's like I'm having one thought as the fly, no, I have to shake it. I'm now back to Seth. Yeah. So it's just constantly he is fighting with himself what he is. Is he an object? Is he not even an object? Is he a is he an animal, or is it the man, or is it just the mutation? Is he Jekyll or is he Hyde? Yeah, or is he um, a mix of both? That is the question. So this is the point where Sathis, Sathy boy, decides to put uh, grab a shotgun mm-hmm. and save the day. Save the day. And then as soon as Sathis gets in, he sh- Brundlefly's head breaks open and he's just a man-sized fly now. Yeah. He, yeah. Mm. And it looks real weird because mm-hmm. it's 1986 practical effects. Yeah. But I like the movement on it. Obviously, there was only so much that they could show without showing the wires because it was all puppeteering. Oh, yeah. And But I like, again, it's got that twitchiness of it when you when you it looked like a fly yeah it looked like a fly i mean obviously the eyes are probably not what you expect but again this is a fly human hybrid so the lips thing the little sucker lip was kind of it was just like ew (laughs) uh so i mean the legs you got the 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 odd appendages and stuff like that so it was not you got the hairs i mean so it it looked good, and I like how twitchy it was, because that's how a fly is. So, Sathis. Oh, yeah, yeah. so Sathis uh, <laughs> tries to save the day, yep. and he gets his hand uh, <laughs> uh, oozed off, yeah. uh, vomited off. Yeah. Vomited off. Yeah. Yes. Seth's so like, I'll take that hand. Blech. And as... Uh, as Seth grabs Veronica, throws her into one of the pods, mm-hmm. hops into the other pod himself, Sathis shoots the cord connecting the pods. Yeah. Seth shoots, or Sathis shoots the cord, severing Ronnie's pod because he doesn't care about Seth. Uh, that's mm-hmm. right, yeah. Yeah. He's, again, this is, Sathis is a very flawed character trying to be the hero and he's bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> then he falls over, and uh, this at this time, uh, Seth the fly uh, gets angry, breaks out, and that's when the timer hits zero, mm-hmm. and it shoots him to the prototype and combines 
uh, with the, a chunk of the pot that he was yeah, in. Yeah, so now that's he's what I was becoming saying. one with his invention. Yeah. So now he's a third of this beast, a third rational, a third metal. Well, technically, he's half Brundlefly, half telepod. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how the fusion, that's how the machine would fuse them together. Yeah. Be like, yeah. oh, we have two pieces. Yeah. yeah. We will make one equal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And the Brundlefly fusion pod thingy at this point, it, it has just enough of Seth's humanity in him to go up to Rodney, who, Ronnie, who is holding the gun. And Crawling the whole way. Yeah. And puts it to his head. He's obviously begging for death. Yeah. And, and Ronnie's just like, I can't do I it. I can't. I can't yeah. do it. Or maybe I can. Bang. Well. Again, that's like, okay, did, did, it's the question that probably will be never answered. Was it the fly retaliate, retaliating or was it... Was it, I have to threaten her in order to get what I want? He didn't really he didn't threaten, threaten her. her. He, I don't think he was capable of hurting her at that mm-hmm. point. I, I, it I was think, a mercy killing. Yeah, yeah I think was. he was... I, I saw on the face, or at least I think I saw on the face, like, desperation yeah. in him. After, yeah. Uh, like, when... And, I mean, like, after she pulled the gun away, just despair sitting in. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm going to have to live like this. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes into the mercy killing. Oh, yeah. And then she has a complete breakdown. Because yeah. why wouldn't you? Yeah, and it just fades to black. Which wasn't the original ending. Yeah. Um, like we said, there were a few different ways this was going to end. Um... Apparently, the killing happened in every version, but there were additional scenes. One of them was what Shelby described Yeah. earlier. Somehow, the baby was some angelic fly thing that happily flew away at the end of the movie. And then there were some other weird, disjointed, positive endings. Because mm-hmm. Cronenberg, for whatever reason, felt that this tragic horror love story needed a happy ending and the audiences were not having it. They're like, no, nobody wins. Everybody loses. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can't, I can't not picture a, like, positive... I don't see where there's a positive spin to go No, I mean, the only positive spin that I could think of is maybe if she went to the computer and the computer also was able to make, like, stored... Like, Abe was able to store Seth. Like, maybe it scanned Seth first. But again, he had the fly with him. So there, it's it's not going to work. Well, and I think that would be irrelevant because it probably would have been the most recent teleportation, which Brundlefly just went from one pod to another. Right. So if anything, it would have cleared the buffer. Right. So, again, there's, a, there's nothing... That I mean, you could have maybe had the positive note of her. She decides to give birth to the baby, and the baby comes out completely fine. Right. 
that's the only thing I could think of. And then it's just like, oh, and maybe she names the, the child Seth or something if it's a boy. But it's like, other than that, I cannot think of anything that would be positive. I think keeping it the way that it is is fine because it's, it's highlighting the tragedy of a love story that went wrong, but also the tragedy of science going wrong. Yeah. So instead of just like, oh, we're going to fix it. No, you can't fix it. No, this is power of love. And Stathis is crippled. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's just, he was kind of just like wide eyed, just like staring. Like, what do I do? (laughs) He was just Do Do you know what you do? You don't. Get found taking a shower in your girlfriend's apartment. Yeah, don't, yeah. That's ex-girlfriend. what you don't. Yeah. Ex-girlfriend's apartment. That's what you don't oh. do. And one of the key parts of that scene is the key. He refuses to give it back. I know. What? No. Give me the get key. At, get no. out of my apartment. I'm gonna keep it for myself. Just like stop. Oh man. Cringe. Anyway. Cringe. Yeah. I mean, overall. I can see why this did really well. It's a really well-crafted movie. Yeah. The two lead actors are fantastic. Mm-hmm. The guy that plays staff is... John Getz does a decent... He does fine. Yeah. I've He's seen him in bad. other things, and I'm pretty sure he does, like, the same character. He's just, like, an a-hole. He's a jerk. And, I mean, the, the effects are great. It's definitely different in regards to, like, other body horror. I kept on comparing it to, like, The Thing, but it's supposed to make you feel gross. Yeah. Not, like, The Thing where it's like, whoa, what the heck is that? This is, ew. It's like, oh, it's, yeah. like, I wouldn't want to be in the, that apartment. I wouldn't want to be around him. The he fingernail s- scene bothers me mm-hmm. so to much. The teeth falling out. Yeah, because yeah. the fir- well, the first fingernail that he loses, he notices that one of his fingers has started to swell a little bit. Yeah. And he barely touches his fingernail, and it just flips all the way up, and he just pulls it off and throws it in the sink. Yeah, that's happened to me, but I actually had to rip it off. Not to be. <laughs> it sucks. It hurts. I'm sure, but no, and yeah, and then you get the pus blast onto yeah. the mirror. Yeah. It's real gross. Yeah, it's juicy. Oh, yeah, and then his... Oh, like y'all said, so yeah, once his ears falls off. So yeah, eventually in his medicine cabinet, he calls it the. It's like the museum. What? The museum of history of Seth Brundle or something. Oh, yeah. And there's his ears in there, and it looks a couple other meaty chunks are in there, and some teeth, and some fingernails and stuff. And he's like, look, relics of a bygone age. It's just like, oh. Yay, you're completely nuts. You're yeah. gone. <laughs> Look at all my pieces. Yeah, it's just... These yeah. are not... We can't put you back together. <laughs> oh, you are Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. And fun fact, as he does, because this David Cronenberg does this in every one of his movies, he's in the movie. Is he? He's the gynecologist. And then I- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yep. Nice. <laughs> Makes sense. But... All right, so I was gonna, so overall reactions, recommendations. I mean, it is again one of those movies where I mean, it, I think it deserves more respect than I feel like it it's getting because I feel like this is a movie where kind of people are like the fly, like what is is that like a creature feature and people kind of pass it over, but as we've said. It's a well done movie. It's got, and it's well done for multiple different reasons. And 
so it's something where it's like this deserves a watch oh yeah it deserves yeah. a watch put it in your collection it's it's a good piece in the collection you don't need to watch the whole franchise if you don't want to don't. It's, it, it's only the sequel and it was made because this one made money don't. Right. it's a cash grab sequel you right. can skip it right um I don't think I kept on getting this feeling that I mean I could see them making more maybe a modern version of this film but I don't know I don't know how well it would be because I feel like body horror is not really a thing now it's just I don't think really people are passionate about like like makeup we're, and effects like that. Well, they I I would say they are. This is the time they remake that movie. But I don't I think you're right on the fact that it wouldn't be puppets. Well, no, I, I think I don't think that we are in the time where people are interested in body horror in that regard. Uh-huh. Look at what's coming out. It's more because we have the technology and we can pull it off. It's more uncanny valley. Yeah. Look look at Megan really good movie she lives Mm -hmm. in the uncanny valley yeah they can push that real hard and i think that that's what they're more interested Mm -hmm. in which they're doing a good job with so right well to be fair though terrifier 2 also came out last year and that is a practical effects masterpiece Uh i mean megan had uh was primarily practical effects i'm just saying that they're not I was saying that they're not focusing on, like, the body horror aspect. That's fair. They're more focusing on Uncanny Valley. The only thing that would make this work, though, is it has to be Cronenberg again. Yeah. And I Mm -hmm. guess you could bring back Gina Davis. Her character doesn't die. But why... She wouldn't do anything to further the technology... Stathis would bury the technology mm-hmm. because it ruined his life. And they're the only two people that know about it except for the shadowy company that we don't know about. Maybe the investment company gives it to another scientist to try to move right. forward. I and do. Veronica shows up and tries to stop him. I do gotta say, I like Seth's whole like mentality with it. Because his re- response is, oh, this is actually, like, way above me. I just organize people. That is what oh, I yeah. do. He, I, he didn't... He admitted that he didn't invent a single piece. He just found out about all these different projects and put it together. Yeah, he found out found other people who were inventing each piece, and he got it all together. Yeah. Right, because he said, I'm a genius. I just stole people that are bigger geniuses than I am's work. I mean, I wouldn't say stole. He he bought it. Well, no, but he's just... Yeah. The way he said it, he's like, I am incredibly intelligent. The people that made all the pieces that I put together are smarter than I am. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have the vision to put it all together into one piece. I did. I mean, sure, maybe we go off of... The stored version of the only way you well because Jeff Goldblum has said that he'd do another one, but only if Cronenberg's involved. Right. But then you'd have to have some really convoluted plot point as to how Seth Brundle comes out of the machine. Mm-hmm. I I don't I don't think I don't think you do. Or I think you do an Evil Dead too. You just remake the just movie. redo it. Yeah. You With could. better effects, better, just 
uh, they'd have change to be, the script up enough to be different. Like they'd have to be side characters though, because you'd need people that can physically do the roles. Yeah. And well, of course. Jeff yeah. Goldblum did this movie almost forty years ago. He's mm-hmm. not doing the same. No. Granted, he didn't do all the gymnast stuff because they literally hired an Olympic gymnast who was about the same size as Jeff Goldblum. Right. Yeah. Put a wig on. It's it's fine. I mean, <laughs> I with that concept real quick. I love the whole argument when it comes to like uh, stunt doubles and everything. It's like they don't look exactly like the actor. No, but did you ever notice them? Well, no. Then they look good enough. Yeah. Sorry, Are that's just good? always went through my head. Overall. Well, overall, I would recommend this. Mm-hmm. Like Shelby said, this is earned its place in horror history. It's a good movie. It furthered everyone's career that was involved in it. Right. Which is more than you can say about a whole so many movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would. This one is it scary? Oh yeah, it's terrifying. It gives you the creepy crawlies. Yeah. I I thought it was a really good movie. I think you should watch it. However, I think someone here mm-hmm. has made points and statements that she needs to defend. Am I wrong, Zach? Nope. All right. We're going to go long. There's not going to be any horror news. Yeah, no horror news today. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. Go ahead. You said some wild stuff go earlier ahead. this week. Um, what was it? At one point, our good friend Shelby here said... You know what? This is a science fiction movie. This is a romance movie. But it's not a horror movie. I... It's... Because <laughs> when I'm going into this movie, I'm... Automatically, I'm comparing it to, like, the thing. And I'm also like, oh, this is a creature feature or something like that. I don't know. It's one of those weird movies to, when you're watching it because I kept on going back and forth with, is this like just like a tragic like love story? Like, is that's the part that I was focusing on a lot, especially with the score and everything like that. So I automatically I don't put it in that category of horror. Yes, it do, yes it does have a lot of horror elements into it. Yeah, like you, especially the whole physical aspect. Um, like if you take out that chunk of just take out all the pieces of him falling apart and him physically changing and obviously the climax of the film it's not really a it's not a horror movie well that's but, a completely different film at that yeah, point. yeah it is it's a completely well, different film here's the question why can't it be both oh it can I guess when it go into like if somebody's like oh this is a horror movie and I'm like just a horror movie though I kind of see it as almost a mixture of a whole bunch of different things not just boom horror like I feel like I wouldn't find this in the horror section you think it would be in a sci-fi section that's why it was weird because when I brought my book of like 501 movies that I must watch and I was actually looking through it wasn't in the horror section it was in the sci-fi fantasy section which I thought was very interesting so I was just like huh I guess it really depends I mean it has a lot of horror elements to it but I automatically go sci-fi with it but the thing is especially during that point in his Mm -hmm. career almost everything David Cronenberg had made up to that point was science fiction horror movies yeah Mm -hmm. the one you really have to defend though Mm -hmm. it's not body horror yeah 
because it's so different. Again, when I'm going in, again, I'm comparing it to the thing. And I also threw in there, like, aliens, too. I don't know why. But I guess because Alien. it's... Aliens is not. Alien has one yeah, scene. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's the the extremes, but it's so different when you look at all three, when you break them down. Like, I, again, I automatically compare it to the thing, because you have... I mean, you have this alien creature that just completely just takes over, but then it also has just more of a threat level is a lot higher in this one, in, in, in thing, in comparison to the fly. So... I, I, just, I don't I, I sometimes when I get stuck on like one thought I'm like it's hard to change my mind in that regard and like I automatically was going into this it's like okay body horror the thing so this Ex- leads this Go leads ahead. me to have to ask the question mm-hmm. what is body horror like define body horror because mm-hmm. that's the good question because for me it's any like real um, like amalgamation or destruction uh mm-hmm. of the human body in an intent to horrify you mm-hmm. so yeah the thing yeah yeah that, and then that also works. the hellraiser too because i mean we see all I mean, but that would i would define a lot of like that kind of stuff also as well some of that stuff in hellraiser as body horror mm-hmm. also yeah especially if you look at the cenobites the cenobites themselves are body horror yes mm-hmm. um frank all is, throughout oh yeah body the first hellraiser yeah. that's body horror yeah well here's the fun part mm-hmm. and why i f- was so confused but so <laughs> One, no, 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 no. Go Do ahead. you want to know what some of the earliest examples of body horror are? Yeah. In cinema? Okay. Frankenstein, probably. <laughs> cinema. Okay. Shivers from 1975. Rabbit from 1977. I'm going to give you one guess on who the director of both those movies is. I know who Rabbit is. David Cronenberg. <laughs> Shivers was his first yeah, movie. Those are considered some of the earliest examples. Scanners, right? Shivers. Oh. First, okay. Early, early stuff. He did do scanners later. Yeah. But no, Cronenberg is considered to be the cinematic pioneer mm. of body horror. So, and The Fly is one of the biggest examples yeah. given in his body of work for mm. master of body horror. And that's when I, when we before we started <laughs> recording this episode. As you can tell, I haven't watched a lot of his work. So it's just like, right. oh, The Fly. I've watched that. Other than that, haven't seen Shivers. I've heard of Scanners. Other than that, Rabid. I'm like, I was like, maybe that's most likely because the title, but I haven't seen it. So there is a lot of his work that I don't know about. So it automatically, I mean, that would have changed my opinion automatically with if I've seen other it's stuff. It's just, especially like defining what the genre originally mm-hmm. was and everything else. Cronenberg's mm-hmm. the guy. Because mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. done juicy, gross effects have been his thing since... body horror king. Well, yeah. Since the 70s. Yeah. Since before anybody else was doing it. Yeah. Because you got to think, the thing was 82. Yeah. He'd already put out gross, a couple gross, juicy movies by the time the thing hit the scene. Right. So, I mean, I... I 
guarantee you his early work probably inspired oh, yeah. the thing. So that does that I that still leads to the question of what what would you define as body horror then? What's your definition? Well, I mean, as I get, I mean, it's obviously changed. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, especially with really reviewing the fly again, because as I didn't mention during the episode, I'm like, when I had made my statement, I had only watched it once. Okay. So yeah. it's obviously has changed. So that it's not just, oh, you just compare it to your really only example of like creature feature body horror that you can think of that pops in your head and that's the thing but when you really break it down to like what body horror is it's not just an amalgamation of two organic materials it's it could be amalgamation of immaterial and material um things and it could also be an alien completely taking over a human race and mutating itself to look like a human so it can be lot of different things or it could just be the simple of like hellraiser with the cenobites manipulating and destroying a human being to the point where they are unrecognizable or just a bloody mess so yeah i mean it is originally i didn't think it was but when you really break it down yes it is okay yeah Yeah, and one that i don't know if either of y'all have seen, mm. but it's a really interesting one, is Tetsuo the Iron Man. Does it's that a sound familiar? ultra-low-budget Japanese movie from 89. Sounds familiar. So it's written, produced, and edited and directed by one guy. Mm-hmm. It was shot in his apartment and in the alleys in a park near his house. Nice. And it was him and a buddy who are the only two actual people in it. And he has all sorts of crazy, just like these two guys become not cyborgs. They become human and metal monsters. Because mm-hmm. they just mesh into each other. It's something you have to watch. Okay. It's super weird. Uh-huh. It, but it's it's the Japanese version of body horror and theirs goes more towards man and machine. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is really interesting. But yeah. Yeah, because that's that is like almost like a subcategory with because you have like body horror like just like how anything within the horror franchise and the nicheness of it like you have body horror and it's again you have human and human mixing together or human um affecting another human in a way where you got the cutting and stuff like that and then you have human and animal mixing or you have an animal within a human and it does damage like in the like aliens and then you have that where it's human and object forming together whatever way so that would be interesting because then it's like yeah it's depending on how graphic it all, that's the it's that's the key graphic. thing that's the key thing about body horror if it's not graphic then it kind of it's just it's it's horrifying but at the same time it's like not because it's missing that key element so if there's no pus there's no blood in it and it's just like well and another hot. thing that i've noticed is a hallmark of body horror 
almost all body horror is sexual. Because Tetsuo is also sexual. Also has sexual horror in it. And almost all of Cronenberg's body horror movies has it. Because it's all throughout the fly. Mm. Mm. And it's been a long time since I've seen his work from the 70s. That's interesting. I guess because it's going off of like that, again, you had mentioned it earlier, that primal. primal. Um, And what is more primal than just the human being? And when it's taken down to the base instincts and survival, even though it's being manipulated, whether it's being manipulated by an external source or being manipulated by oneself, it's going to react in a primal way. So and procreation is extremely primal. yeah offspring yeah yep keep the race going yep <laughs> Power what <those>. race at <laughs> this point <laughs> yep um but yeah the race to the bottom yeah as we are recording this obviously we couldn't do rest craven for February as we had planned because life happened so our fingers crossed plans that our West Craven month is going to be March so yes keep your seatbelts buckled because we're yeah. going to be talking about them we're going to do it um, yeah. yeah the first episode we're putting out in March right now planned is because we have it and because it's his first movie we are going to do Last House on the Left yeah. that's going to kick off the Wes Craven series yeah and yeah. I've never seen the original Last House on the Left so it's just like hmm. and I've read some certain things about it because I just know how Wes Craven he was just very sensitive about like sex scenes and stuff like that and obviously this one goes beyond that because it goes beyond consent but um, I'd be curious to see I know things about like how it was shot but it'd be curious to see how that is handled and just again the horror because I've seen the remake of it but just like the whole horror aspect of it especially as it being one of his first films so not one of his first film yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> first length feature yeah and it just felt like the right place to start for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Again, we're <laughs> maybe. Not, yeah. Again, we're gonna save Scream for another time, especially yeah. as there's more Screams movies. I mean, movie coming out. So we're gonna kind of save that for its own thing, um, and then we will finally do Zach's favorite. <laughs> it's time. We've been doing this for two years now. We need to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> well, we need to do one of the heavy. Hitters. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, we finally need to do a heavy hitter when it was not like a sequel or we're talking about the original movie so we're finally gonna that's that's gonna be a long day <laughs> that might but i'm have excited to, about it that might have to cap off the west craven month that might have to be the last one we talk oh, about yeah so we still need to if we want to do three we need at least a, a middle episode yeah we'll so, figure that out yeah, yeah. we'll We'll figure something out, whether... We are taking uh, requests. Mm-hmm. And, and we fulfill requests. We prove that with this episode. Yes. <laughs> yes. Requests. But, yep, those are our plans. No horror news for this uh, episode. We will save that for the next episode. Well, this is Phil. This is Shelby. This is Zach. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.